Welcome to the Sales Engagement Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Outreach, the leading sales engagement platform, and they just launched Outreach on Outreach, the place to learn how Outreach, well, does Outreach. Learn how the team follows up with every lead in record time after virtual events and turns them into revenue. You can also see how Outreach runs account-based plays, manages reps, and so much more using their own sales engagement platform. Everything is backed by data pulled from Outreach processes and customer base. When you're done, you'll be able to do it as good as they do. Head to outreach.io slash onoutreach to see what they have going on. Now, let's get into today's episode. All right. Thank you all for joining the Sales Engagement Podcast today. For those of you who are joining for the first time, I am Caitlin Kelly, Senior Manager of Sales Development at Outreach for the EMEA region, also co-founder of SDRs Anonymous. And today we were we will be talking about building an international network and we will be joined by Rince Jacobs, who is Head of International Sales at Solaris Bank. Rince, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your career up until today? Yes, of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, happy to, to give a bit of a background story of uh, what I've been going through with regards to the sales experiences. So when, when was the first time I really got involved in sales? I would say it was um, probably during university times when obviously every student needs a bit of money. So one of the things that I realized was um, 3D televisions, you know, the ones with the glasses that, that oh. were back in the day quite quite popular. I applied for that and started to sell Sony Bravia uh, 3Ds, 3D televisions. So that was the very first thing I, I did. Realized very quickly that this was not really, really my thing. So I looked at something else within the sales, sales world. And this was um, a company called Peppermind, where you do a lot of street sales. So you're basically the whole day on the streets, selling newspaper subscriptions, selling donations, and so on. And this is where you learn a lot about how to interact with people, getting out of that comfort zone to approach complete mm-hmm. strangers, right? Especially still being somewhat young, fresh out of, uh, out of high school. This is where you, in that uncomfortable, where you learn the most, basically. So that's where I started, finished my degree, then said, okay, it's, it's time for me to look into the Asian market was at, at HTC for a long time, the, the smartphone and now mostly virtual reality business where I did a lot around, let's call it marketing partnerships. So how can we set up more relationships with non-technology players to embed our phones in there, basically? All right, so you learn a lot more about how do you deal with those B2B sales? How do you deal, deal with, uh, with the relationships? Which then led me to move back to the European market at some point where I basically ended up at Solaris Bank, which was by then a very, very young startup, roughly 20 people. There was one commercial person in there. And then from there on out, it basically said, let's just do what we need to do. And then we'll see how the company basically grows. So you do everything from sales to business development, to integrations, to key account management. And right with the more funds coming in, the more, the more revenues coming in, the more people you can hire. And through that, building up your own commercial organization. I've been very blessed to, to have been part of that and still am part of that. So uh, that's, that's basically how I, how I got at Solaris Bank. All right. So no brainer that you are heading up international sales then with all that experience, especially coming from APAC and then back to the EMEA market. A couple of the things that you touched base there was kind of really around relationship building. 
And so what I'd love to understand and for us to take a little bit of a deeper dive into is two different areas here. One, building that relationships internally. So kind of around building your brand as you were kind of advancing within your career. And then from there, kind of moving on to how are you leveraging these relationships to build a network around you in an international okay. essence? So if you want to kind of help us understand, how did you build your brand internally within these companies as you were kind of um, building your career? Yeah, I, th I think at the end of the day, right, you, you will always need to interact with all those other departments within the organization. And in some organizations, it is more the technical people that you need to work with. In other organizations, it's more maybe a compliance or a legal, legal team that you need to work with. And that's the same in Solaris Bank. So Solaris Bank being a full bank out of Germany, there is, of course, a lot of heavy regulation that comes with that. Mm -hmm. And that means that we cannot just go out and as a white label bank or, or banking as a service, as we would call it, yeah. you cannot just go out and sell random solutions, but you always need to have this check back with the rest of the organization. So you need to build that rapport to make sure that they are also willing to go that extra mile or to deliver that last piece of information, even if it's late or even if it's very early, right? You need to, you need to create that willingness to, to, uh, to support you, basically. Mm -hmm. and there's many different ways how you can do this, but I very much believe in, in having that personal relationship and really have a genuine interest in what is the point of view they're coming from? What is it that, that compliance is looking for or a legal or a, a technical team? And try to understand and anticipate their responses already Mm -hmm. So that it's much easier for them to, on the one hand, give a response, but also to see, hey, this guy is not just here to get a quick answer, but he actually is trying to better understand it and, and therefore create some empathy to give you those answers. So this is where you, of course, you cannot go to every single person in all of these teams. So what we have done is basically build those personal relationships and basically champions of those departments that you can go to, right? And you can rely upon that you often have maybe even more of a friendship with those people just because you have worked on so many different deals over the last years already. Okay, fantastic. I love the idea of building champions within each org. That way you guys kind of have that seamless communication throughout, kind of keeps everybody on the same page. When we think about building a network, how have you really leveraged your, I mean, Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're overseeing the DOC, German, APAC, European markets. Yeah, so I'm, I'm indeed head of international sales. For yeah. now, within Solaris Bank, that means the European market. So initially, yeah. we were just in the German market, and now we're doing that across the European market. And this has a lot to do with the license requirements, again, coming back to the regulation topic. So yeah. having had experience in APAC, you can see, of course, that the people there do things slightly differently than you would see in Europe or you would see in North America. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, what you will see when it comes to those cultural differences, if you will, that you cannot just stereotype those people, right? But it's not just like, oh, he's from APEC, therefore this playbook will work or that playbook will work. So I always prefer much more to look at the personality and then you can start to draw parallels between, ah, I have dealt with similar type of people before. I feel this is the best playbook for, for this situation. So that is a, a big part. And at the end of the day, it all comes down to, to, to being yourself and, and understand what flow best for you. If you try to be something else, or if you just try to follow a playbook, people will see through that. And at some point, Right, you, you come across as, as fake and therefore the willingness to buy goes down quite significantly. 
a good example here on uh, towards the partners or, or clients mm -hmm. is um, we had a, a situation where we were pitching to an upcoming company here in Germany. They were in the race with many other providers already. We came we came into the RFP process quite late, but um, nonetheless we were able to catch up with them. And at one of the last meetings, we told them, "Look, guys, why don't we just go play some some football, some 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 table tennis, um, and some and drink a beer on the balcony, but just to get that extra extra piece of relationship in." Yeah. And afterwards, we won that RFP, and they said, "Look, even though." we had a, a, a much longer due diligence process with the other companies. We felt that culturally and that the whole vibe of Solaris Bank was much more fitting to our organization and that made them close mm -hmm. the deal. So there you can see that aligning yourself with how they want to be treated or how they want to work or what providers they want to deal with definitely makes an impact. And it's not always just about the prices or the features that you have. It can be much yeah. more on a personal basis as well. So I know like, especially when you're going into different regions, the culture nuances can be something super important. And a lot of people have the same concern. And like you had said, is you have to be your authentic self and there's not one perfect playbook. So as you kind of oversee your sales team, what is a couple of ways that you've kind of helped them navigate that conversation? So they are being cautious of those cultural nuances and they are able to still show up how they want to. Yeah. So on the one hand, we prefer to have local teams, right? Obviously, people from the French market oftentimes come from uh, from either French-speaking countries or from 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 France, and there you, on the one hand, see that they often will already have a network because there, there's a reason why we brought them to Solaris Bank, of course. Yeah. But on the other hand, you need to trust them enough to let them run their own show a little bit as well. You cannot mm -hmm. try to let them be themselves and micromanage or tell them this is the best way to deal with a big bank or this is the best way to deal with a big tech company. You have to let them fail as well and you have to give them those pointers. You have to do those post-mortems to understand, hey, from my experience, this is what has worked best. Maybe try that next time. You know, so you need to give them that authority and the ability to to play around a little bit and to, to find their own ways and, and which buttons should they push at which point in time. And on the other hand, we do have weekly catch up where we just have, if it wouldn't be for, for the remote working, we would share a beer and just go over the stories of the week and just understand how have you addressed this problem or how, how have I addressed this problem? And through <laughs> that, right, you, you just share the, the experiences. So this is, I think, the most important part giving them enough exposure to various personalities or, or uh, types of companies so that they can do this for themselves. Because there's no way that I could say as a, as a Dutch person working in Germany, I could not tell a Spanish person how to do sales in Spain. That, that doesn't make sense. I can tell you how generally you should do the sales, but I cannot give you those cultural nuances that you need to deal with with a Spanish buyer, for example. Yeah. No, for sure there. Um, so we talked a lot about kind of how to navigate that, the sale with the prospect. And so one of the things we had chatted about previously was being the voice of the customer throughout that entire journey. And how does your team really ensure that they are the voice of the customer the entire way through from prospect to customer? Yeah. So I think the being the voice of the customer is is one of the key jobs that sales has to do, especially dealing in B2B sales situations where you need to link back to the rest of the organization mm -hmm. because you know there will be challenges coming up from other departments because 
of whatever issue or whatever whatever point they may raise, and the partner obviously cannot is not there to defend himself. So you you need to be that spokesperson for that organization, and the only way that you can of course do that is if you thoroughly understand what the partner is trying to achieve, what he's looking for, what the long-term and short-term views and goals are for them so that you basically transform yourself into being that partner yourself and through that on the one hand you can challenge the partner better to help him understand what his own evolution should look like but also the way you can counter argument the rest of the the organization who might not see the same opportunity as as you do so on the one hand this is this is a big part but on the other hand it's also giving the partner the feeling that you are there for him when he's not around right that you are not just trying to make a quick win but rather really look to to build this business effectively together with them and this is how also long term trust is created and what still happens is they would rather call us from the sales side than on some cases their respective person just because they know there is this trust or if they need to escalate they know there is this trust with us and that we will give them a truthful answer and uh, not to say that others wouldn't but it's just that this relationship is a bit more developed of course that goes a long way also when it comes to cross-selling yeah so kind of to, to recap here we've talked a little bit about kind of building that brand internally and then also as you're kind of navigating your international sales team and so a couple of things like you know really show up as your authentic self you have to build your trust and get to know the culture and nuances that are there. You can't just have a um, one fits all approach. If we were to yeah. kind of like, I know um, I'm going to kind of flip the switch a little bit on us here. And I know breaking into markets is huge right now. And kind of going into these different regions is top of mind for a lot of people. So as a head of international sales, I can imagine you're having to not only manage the different regions, but that means you're also managing people in these regions. What mm -hmm. are some ways that you've been able, especially post pandemic, what are some ways that you've been able to manage the workflow and the difference like time zones, especially to navigate this? Yeah. So when it comes to going into new markets, which has been a key topic for us this year, as we have been setting up various branches, on the one hand, and, and this is what I always tell the new guys, in the first two, three months, especially because our, our product is rather complex, I tell them, focus on getting to know the organization, focus on getting to know the products, how is the pitch happening? I don't care in the first months about your success or your ability to close, because I know from your previous successes that you should be able to close. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I care more about having a proper training so that you can then answer all the various questions of the of the partners that are coming in and again building that building that trust but when it comes to managing the different time zones and managing the different this column strategies to enter different markets mm -hmm. this is where we have of course a general framework that that overall fits but let the other guys let the local commercial country heads or the general managers let them take the lead on this and there you just guide them, you steer them. And from a, from a head off position, what is the key role is to find the synergies, to really make sure, okay, is everybody trying to sell the same product? Is everybody trying to do something completely different? How can you find the easiest way to, to, to come to a quick win, whether that is product development or specific features or, or getting a first partner? And then breaking into a new market and maybe even selecting, how do you select a market to go into? So I think that's twofold. On the one hand, you go and look into your existing customer base, right? Who is willing to expand with us? 
So you already have a somewhat secured revenue for going into this market. Yeah. It's not a complete risk. And on the other hand, there is, of course, the research from, from Bistaf, right, to understand, okay, how much, how, how many fintechs are there? How many, again, how many banks are there and so on? So you see that there is a broader market that can be explored if you have the right marketing techniques as well. And then it comes down to the trends and, and speaking with the markets, speaking with associations, speaking with all the different players out there who might not be direct prospects, but they will give you those valuable insights. And over time, they might pop into your head again so you can easily reach out for a channel sales approach, for example. Got it. All right, that makes total sense there. Would you say, um, you know, there's a lot of like networking within. Would you, Do you have your teams in the different regions kind of cross-pollinate what their strategies and communicate with each other or do is it pretty siloed within their regions? No, it, it is it is indeed. There's a lot of overlap in in what is happening. So oftentimes a partner mm -hmm. might want to start in the Spanish market, um, yeah. but we know and we already want to make sure they understand that this is just the beginning, right? The next market is France or Italy or X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. So this is where that cross-pollination comes in and it doesn't really matter at the end of the day who is driving it because you know on the long term the other markets will be served as well. And this is where it's also important to, to understand that the relationship with the partner is more important for me than the person sitting in the market. Meaning, mm -hmm. if you have a, a French sales manager who has a very strong personal relationship to somebody in the Spanish market, it yeah. doesn't make sense to let him hand it over to the Spanish guy just because it's in his market. Mm -hmm. I would rather say the French guy leads that conversation but he brings in the Spanish guy as a specialist to really make sure that the market trends, that all the, again, cultural nuances are being tackled as well. And then at the end of the day, how do you reconcile that on the, on the P&L? This is where right now we have said, um, let's not worry too much about this. Let's focus much more on getting the customers in and make sure that the revenue in general is coming in. Let's, let's sort out how we figured it out on the per market basis later, but yeah. let's make sure that we can serve that customer. Okay. Fantastic. Awesome. So we talked a little bit about, you know, building that, building your brand internally, leveraging the network around you, especially as you are breaking into new markets. Based off of your experience coming from selling 3D TVs to now in banking, what would you say if you had to recommend one book that had the biggest impact on your professional development, mm -hmm. what would that book be? I would say... I think I'm going to go with how to win friends and influence people. Of course, it's the classic, right? Uh, from, from, from Dale Carnegie. I don't know how often you get this answer. I hope not too often. But, um, <laughs> it's always it's, it's unique to see um, either people will give you ones that are like off of like gut intuition and like kind of like sales or they will be like leadership psychology type ones. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, there's a lot of things that you can learn, especially about being genuinely interested or how do you really create that want in a, in a customer or in a partner um, yeah. and building that, that conversation up to something more than just a sale, but actually understanding the broader picture of them. This yeah. is at the end of the day, what for me really made it click to understand, ah, this is how you truly unlock that, that relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and you have hundreds of other books that also make a lot of sense. But at the end of the day, following a, a framework so rigidly, as some books would, would suggest, it might work for some form of sales, right? In, in telesales or on street sales, it makes sense to follow a certain protocol. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to 
these highly complex deals, you need to trust your, your knowledge and your ability to work with people. And this is, for me, one of the books that helps you to do this without being overbearing with, you should do not this, but you should do that, right? It's, it's much more about um, principles and then see how you apply them yourself. Yeah, no, I love that. One of my first sales books that I got, I was like in eighth grade and it is To Sell as Human from, by Daniel yeah. Pink. But yeah, so kind of like piggyback on that. You have, it's, it's a human interaction. We're all people at the end of the day. So exactly. Exactly. love that. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. Rance, if people wanted to reach out to you and connect as they're breaking into new markets or in the fintech space, where's the best place for them to reach you at? The best place would always be, as every salesperson probably would say, LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. So Rance Jacobs is the easiest way to reach me. Just drop me a PM and uh, happy to be in touch. All right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for who's listening today and reach out to Rinse on LinkedIn. If you have any other questions or would like to connect and follow up. Very good. Thanks for having me. This was another episode of the sales engagement podcast to help this get in front of more eyes and ears. Please leave us a shining five-star review. Join us at salesengagement.com for new episodes, resources, and the book on sales engagement. To get the most out of your sales engagement strategy, make sure to check out outreach.io, the leading sales engagement platform. See you on the next episode.